Hi, I'm MK Lott, and this is Quarantine Campfire. And I am especially excited for today because I don't think this is the first ever, definitely the first in a while, but um, at the very least, it's the very first in a while where I got a topic recommended to me. Um, this is from a buddy of mine, uh, a coworker of mine uh, named Shad, who asked me, why are people afraid of success? And so I spent a good chunk of a couple of weeks. Um, I actually can't remember. It's been maybe two weeks since uh, he recommended this for me. And I just kind of took the time to really flesh it out and figure out what I want to say. And what I found is I was able to kind of shrink it down into a template like a, a template sentence with four different answers. And, and this was tough for me because everybody wants success. Why would you be afraid of it? And that's where the four answers came from. So I found that the template works like this. People are afraid of success because they don't have the mindset that allows blank because success is blank. So I'll go through each of them uh, individually and just kind of see where we wind up afterwards. So the first one is um, people are afraid of success because they don't have the mindset that allows for a consistently strong drive because success is a reflection. It's a reflection of your work. You know, if you don't put in the time to take care of something, it's not going to grow. Right. And, you know, it kind of goes back to that classic story that I grew up hearing um, of this boy having a dream, uh, and this is probably way more famous than I'm, um, perceiving it to be, but you know, worst case scenario, this is a good refresher. Um, there's a, there's a story of this boy who dreams about two wolves fighting. One of them is white coated and the other one is black coated and it, and it's a gnarly fight. They're fighting to the death. And before there's a clear winner or before there's, there's a clear advantage shown, uh, the boy wakes up. So he doesn't know how the fight ends. So he goes to, I can't remember if it's the chief of his tribe or an oracle. Um, either way, a dream reader. He goes, uh, he goes to a local dream reader or interpreter and he tells them this story. I had a dream about two wolves fighting. One was black, one was white. They were fighting to the death. And before I knew the outcome, I woke up. And I ask you, who, which wolf won the fight? And the dream interpreter responded with, whichever one you fed. Or I think he says, whichever one you feed. Kind of implying that it's con continuously ongoing. Right? That's kind of the point of success is a reflection. More specifically, success is whatever you feed, right? Like if you get really, really good at a video game, yet you don't have a seven-figure business like you wanted, then that success is more of a reflection of your video gaming than it is your business. Right, because the drive went towards video games, and <clears throat> I I also kind of ran into this roadblock too of 
what's the point of drive if I'm constantly driven towards other things, right? Like if you're like me, you're obsessed about something. And then after like a month, you find the next shiny thing, right? And I think it's because people don't realize that drive is fueled by passion, but passion is fueled by emotion. And we change emotions sometimes on the dime. So if we are able to recognize that, then we're kind of able to steer it a little bit better instead of just having it be like a dog without a leash and just having it run around and we just sit back and watch. If we learn to consistently strengthen a drive towards one thing, then we can see results happening. Then we know which wolf is going to win, right? Because we know what we're feeding because that consistently strong drive is going to be reflected in our outcomes. So <laughs> now that I say this out loud, um, this actually foreshadows a lot of stuff. So it a lot of this may be redundant. Um, if not, I usually find that hearing the same thing just in different jargon or in different perspectives helps a lot. Um, so let's pray that that works for you guys. Um, the second thing that I found is um, people are afraid of success because they don't have a mindset that allows a tolerance for risk because success is a trade-off, right? Going back to that earlier example, if you're a successful video gamer, then that's then not having a seven-figure business is the trade-off. And it goes back to this interview that I heard from Kevin O'Leary back in December, who said the reality of being an entrepreneur is you're not going to be to every single one of your kids' soccer games, and you're going to miss more date nights than you plan. That That's a paraphrase, but I mean, it still rings true. You have to trade and you have to sacrifice a lot of things in order to achieve that success. And so what I think a lot of people, why a lot of people are afraid of success in that aspect and seeing it as a trade-off is because they think, <clears throat> what if I invest all this money into what I want to do and it's not successful? Or what if I spend all this time trying to achieve this one thing and suddenly I'm dropping my kids off at their college dorms. And I missed so much. That's where it gets tricky. So when it comes to that success, you have to understand what you're risking to trade. That I think that that's one of the biggest, if not the biggest reason why people are afraid of success. And then we get to the third thing. Um, people are afraid of success because they don't have the mindset that allows specificity because success has multiple layers. And this is like, this is goal setting 101. The more specific you can achieve, a, I mean, the more specific you can set a goal, the more likely you are to achieve it because you know exactly what it looks like. People are usually afraid of success because they have a general idea of it, but it's too vague to really do anything with. So it feels bigger. It feels like the risk is higher, right? And you 
you have an inconsistent drive because of that, because of that vagueness. But by specifying exactly what it is that you want to do, it kind of clears up the fog a little bit. And then you start thinking, oh, okay, if I just do this one thing, then I'm a step closer to what my version of success is. I'm one step closer to achieving this certain project or completing the certain goal. Right. And I, and Tony Robbins actually does a really good example, uh, has a really good example of this when he says that people aren't specific enough about their goals because he brought up the example of, okay, my goal is to lose weight. And he brought up the counter argument of if your goal is to lose weight, all you need to lose is an ounce. And technically speaking, you achieve the goal and yet you're still unhappy. Why is that? It's because you weren't specific enough in that goal. Because if you're, you know, a billion pounds overweight, but you lose one ounce, you're not going to be happy with that goal because that's not your version of success. So, and this is what I mean by success is multiple, it has multiple layers. If you have, if you have a clear idea, so let, let's, let's take this example. Let's say you have a clear idea of success, but no goals. It's still a shot in the dark. You don't know the way yet, but by breaking it down and being as specific as possible and having multiple goals, suddenly that success, that road to success becomes clearer. And say there's something that gets in the way. Say, you know, you have a cheat day and you don't hit the, the weight goal that you wanted. Or say something comes up and you haven't been able to go to the gym. Be willing to pivot and be willing to re-strategize your specificity. Because just because success has multiple layers does not mean there's a hierarchy to that layer. It's kind of spread out and you have to be willing to try different things and explore new avenues in order to get to that final spot. Um, Rich Christensen actually, <clears throat> uh, it's in his book, The Zigzag Principle, but Rich Christensen writes an entire book about it where he says that you have to zig to one point and then you have to zag to another point to get to your, what he coins, beacon in the fog. Right, it's never a straight line because if it's a straight line, it can be potentially dangerous. If not physically, then emotionally. Like, imagine if you go in a straight line and you don't hit a certain goal one day. What do you do after that? What do you do if there's a gap in the road and it's the only road? You're either stuck there or you go back. And I think that's another reason why people are afraid of success because they don't see the multiple opportunities and they don't see the multiple options and they don't get specific enough about those options or pathways, which I guess maybe that can be a, an additional fifth thing. They don't have the mindset that allows to look at different opportunities or options because success is a, a spider's web. Basically, it's coherent. Um, there's, there's a, 
there's a coherence to the way that you can achieve success. And then all those finally bring me to the, well, it's not fourth anymore, is it? <laughs> it brings me to the fifth thing, which is people are afraid of success because they don't have the mindset that allows for reality checks because success is abstract, right? Like my version of success is going to be different from Shad's version of success. It's going to be different from a soccer mom's version of success. It's going to be different from um, that gamer's version of success. People are typically afraid of success because we tend to rely on the pathways of others. And that's just how we, that's just how we learn, right? Like you can't learn something. Well, I guess you can teach yourself, but the best way to learn something is to study someone who's been through it before and knows the right way, right? That's why you get a personal trainer. That's why you get a coach. That's why you get a mentor, you know, right? Like that's, that's why you reach out to other people. But at the end of the day, their version of success is not your version of success. You can hire a coach all you want, but their numbers, their times, their, the weights that they lift are going to be different from yours. And people have to understand that success is so tailored and so personal to each person <laughs> that typically people tend to be afraid of success in this aspect because they're thinking about someone else's version of success. And they don't, it's not that I don't think that they have time. It's that I don't think they realize that success needs to come with reality checks often. Let's go back to that gamer, right? He doesn't have that seven figure business. But when it comes to Madden, he can beat anyone with any football team. Or he has the high score for the fastest speed run for, I don't know, a Doom game, let's say. That's success. But he has to understand that it's success in the field that he didn't want. That's the reality check. And I remember um, talking about this with my family um, because usually I'll, I'll do like I'll do check ins on myself and I'll try to like ask people to kind of check in on me to see if I need to adjust or if I need to change anything um, on my end. And I found that. I got upset when people were doing things that I didn't agree with, even though it's not my life to live. Right. And my family brought up a really good point, which was people's wants are reflected in their actions. If they want something, they're going to do it. If they don't want something, they're not going to do it. And this is where I think people get stumped. They love the idea of success in a certain thing, 
but they're actually achieving success in something else. And they get frustrated when those two things don't co-align or when those, when those two things don't coincide there, there we go. Like the gamer loves the idea of a successful business, but he's actually taking the steps towards being a six, being successful at video games. And because it's not my, it's not my life to live. I can't say that there's an issue with that. The issue comes from the fact that the gamer doesn't realize that he's being successful in a different field. And as a result, he's setting up that mental roadblock, right? Like his consistently strong drive, his tolerance for risk, his specificity, they're all there, but they're not in the business. Right? The consistently strong drive. He's putting in the hours every day to play a game. He understands the risks that come with that, whether that's health or numbers or multiple, whatever. He's specific. He could probably tell you every code in the game that he's playing. But he doesn't have that reality check. Which is why I think people can be afraid of success. Now, this, I think I may have painted myself into a corner because I don't, I don't know if I were to talk to that gamer and if they said, yeah, I put 25 hours a day into gaming. I don't know if I agree with that, but at the same time, that's because I don't believe that that's someone's version of successful my six i think i just butchered that last sentence that's not my version of success my version of success is the seven figure company the gamer needs to understand that a seven figure company is my version of success it's not his Cause he's not taking those steps and you know, even then like, as I'm talking, I'm kind of doing a reality check for myself. Like, do I really want a seven figure business? And as I've come to find, <coughs> excuse me, I've come to find the more I learn about business, the less I care about money. It's a weird thing. It's, it's a very, very weird thing. I care more about the freedom to do what I want, the ability to try new things, and the ability to serve other people. None of those things are reliant on money. But as long as I develop that reality check, and as long as I describe that version of success as a version of success tailored for myself then I think everything else just kind of falls into place. If this is my reality check, I will have the consistently strong drive to achieve those three things. I will understand the tolerance for risk and act upon the things that I need to do anyways. And I will be specific enough to, to set up goals to achieve that success and pivot when I need to. I, 
I'll be able to go around the leaf for people who have been fans of this podcast since the very beginning. I'll be willing to go around the leaf. I'll be willing to understand the risk and I'll be willing that uh, I'll be willing to understand that that strong drive is not every day. And so long as I'm human, I don't believe that a strong drive is a hundred percent consistent all the time. But if I put in that effort to make it a hundred percent or as if I put in that desire to make it as a hundred percent as I can every day, I think I'll be go. I think I'll be golden. So that's all fine and dandy. But then I I ran into this dilemma of, cool, that's a great definition, but what do I do with that? How do I get started? Like I'm thinking about you guys in the audience. Like, how do I get started with what you just told me? And I think my big recommendation for you guys. Um, I'll try to make this pretty fast because I think I'm running out of time is something called microdosing. Now there is a little bit of a way <laughs> of, a, of an unfortunate, of an unfortunate context behind microdosing because it's revolved more around, it, it's more of a, let's call it, um, medicinal jargon, but I've heard this in a lot of different, um, a lot of different industries as well. I've heard this in weightlifting. Uh, weightlifters call this microloading. But basically, with microdosing, you do a little bit of one thing every day and you add a little bit more every day until like you start slowly developing this condition. Right? For microloading, like you put the minimum amount, you put the smallest plate on the barbell every time you go to the gym. So that way you don't shock your body into this horrifying weight that you may, that may potentially injure you, but you start to condition your body to get stronger and stronger every time you go in for microdosing. It's like, it's developing a tolerance for something, right? And that, and again, it goes back to tolerance for risk. You develop that microdose. You have to microdose. You can't just go out into the world all at once guns blazing because you don't have the endurance for that yet. So I'll, I'll put in uh, I'll put in an example that I do. Um, I'll, I'll actually talk about my morning routine because, and you guys have heard me talk about this. Um, I think a lot uh, these past few weeks, at least subtextually, but I have a tough time getting up in the morning <clears throat> and I didn't know what it was. So I tried putting in the steps to change that. So, um, I'm going to try to see if I can add in the options item as well. Um, in fact, let me add that in real quick. Allowing for options because success is a spider's web. All right. It's down. Oh, hold on. Typo. Stop. Everything you're doing, stop. Okay, there we go. So let's try to see if I can add this last minute. But in my morning routine... For my consistently strong drive, and I talked about this last week, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't listen to my episodes. But um, for my consistently strong drive, I have a sticky note by my nightstand with a quote that I found on LinkedIn that says, if you're too big for the small things, then you're too small for the big things. And as a result, that quote incentivizes me to realize if I'm too big 
for getting up out of bed, getting dressed, you know, getting showered and all this, then I'm too small for the work that lies ahead for that day. So then I have this, this jolt to go and to do the things that I got to do. And it all starts with not being big enough to stay in bed, basically. So that's my consistently strong drive. My tolerance for risk is dream journaling. So they say the best time to dream journal is the moment you wake up because that's when the dreams are freshest. And for me, I haven't developed that skill yet to, I haven't developed the skill yet to remember my dreams vividly that I can jot everything down in one go as soon as I wake up. Because typically I'm a heavy enough sleeper that, or my, my, I'm not experienced enough to where when I wake up, I have like five seconds. I have five seconds to remember my dream or it's gone forever. And I just have the, the feeling that I dreamt. So what I do is as soon as I hear my alarm, I wake up or as soon as I remember the dream, I wake up, I grab my phone and I just try to jot down whatever I can in my notes. And a lot of them are just random, just, just random. They're random words. It's like a, it's like a crappy categories game, but I, I realized that if I don't wake up, I risk losing that dream forever, right? So that's, that's building up my tolerance for risk. For specificity, I have a checklist. I, I build a checklist for the next day, the night before. So I know exactly what I need to get done for that day. And it incentivizes me to get up and get ready so I can have as much time as possible to achieve those things. Even if I don't complete the checklist, I have enough things that I'm aware of that I can go and I can check them off the checklist one at a time. So I know specifically what I need to get done that day. And then finally, the reality check. And I think this will kind of bleed into like an allowance for options as well. Um, But for me, the reality check is I need to allow but not linger on mistakes. Right. Like if I wake up and I hit snooze, that's a mistake that I made. If I wake up and instead of reading 1440 Daily Digest, like I usually do, because that's that's a news outlet that's not biased, which I find to be super helpful. Again, it's called 1440 Daily Digest. It's a free subscription if you want to check it out. Um, Yeah, they don't lean towards one way or the other. And that's how I want to consume the news. Um, You know, if I don't do that, but instead I watch a YouTube video, that's a mistake that I made. But I don't let that dictate the way that I go about the rest of my day. And I have to allow for the option of, okay, you can either stay in bed and you can keep watching YouTube videos or you can hit snooze or you can get your ass up and get started. You've already made that mistake, but lingering on it is just going to fester is just going to fester the negativity. You're not going to move anywhere. So, allow for the next option, which is to get up and get ready and go because now I have that definition of success. And if I want that to be my version of success, I have to act upon that option. So, um weird thing about the podcast platform that I've got I can only record 30 minutes max. 
and I've got about two minutes left. So, and thankfully I'm, I, uh, I'm done. You won't have to hear me, uh, ramble anymore, but thank you guys again so much for listening. As always, I'm always grateful for your audience. Um, we just got new listeners in Turkey, which I'm super excited about. And this is the first time ever in the history of the podcast. Um, we are about to hit the one year mark in April, which I'm so excited about, but this is the first time ever in the history of the podcast where less than 90% of my audience is American. So I am, I I'm so thrilled to just hear, to just see the podcast spread and see that you guys actually enjoy it. So. Uh, thank you, Shad, for giving me this recommendation. This this was actually really fun to think about. Um, and as always, tune in next week for the same day, same time for the next episode. Stay safe and stay healthy.